Welcome to the Innovative Economy, where we discover the future of money, markets, and payments, and how to thrive with the new financial technology. We have a very special guest with us today, Mark Soto. He is, uh, hi Mark, how you doing? Doing well, thank you for having me on. Well, we're glad you're here. Mark is from the financial services industry, worked as investor relations and uh, uh, financial analysis with hedge funds in the financial services, and has also accumulated four years experience in cryptocurrency market and involved with cryptocurrency exchanges and is an entrepreneur in the blockchain space, working as a consultant for ICO projects, cryptocurrency exchanges, and venture accelerators, and crypto investor. Welcome, Mark Soto. We're Sounds glad like you're fun. here. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, and I know you have a passion for education, just like I do, to make sure that we get the word out there about what's going on in blockchain. That's right. Yeah. And yeah. I'm happy to help any way we can, especially in the topic of exchanges. Exactly. And so that's what we're going to be doing today is uh, finding out a little bit more about what is a cryptocurrency exchange. So what can you tell us? All right. So a cryptocurrency exchange is an online platform in which um, usually an exchange has one kind of digital asset that you can exchange for another based on the market value of whichever given asset. So nowadays there's centralized exchanges, there's decentralized exchanges, and there's hybrid exchanges. Yeah. Okay, what would you say the most popular one is right now? Well, definitely centralized. And really, it's all about the, the user experience. It's very similar to, let's say, how a stock exchange would work. And the centralized model makes it very familiar for most people. Uh, so that's, that's unfortunately the most popular um, type of exchange. But I feel in the future and in the near future, it's going to change to be more hybrid or possibly even decentralized. And so what makes a centralized exchange most popular right now? So it provides the highest level of liquidity. And like I said, the user experience is very similar to stock exchanges. Um, so when you have some someone who's looking to buy something in large quantities really fast, usually a centralized exchange will suffice for that. Okay, so an example of a centralized exchange is something like Coinbase or Binance? Right, so the most popular exchanges right now, I guess, would be Binance, Coinbase, OKX, Hobby. So these are, and these are Western and, you know, Eastern exchanges as well. Okay. And uh, yeah, so you've worked in not only U.S. markets, but also in Asian markets. And so uh, do you see a lot of centralized exchanges in the Asian markets as well as the U.S. markets? Absolutely. Yeah, it's just as big, honestly. And uh -huh. I guess the biggest difference would be the, the amount of diversity in the tokens being, let's say, if we compare a Coinbase to a Binance Huobi or OKX, um, the three Binance, OKX, and Huobi would have, let's say, <laughs> I want to say 50x amount of tokens in terms of what are you know what you can get into, and it's mostly in altcoins, right? So altcoins, that's really where the diversification comes from, because other than altcoin, you have Bitcoin, right? Or like right. 
So um, the more altcoins, the better I see in terms of just diversifying your portfolio. And the Eastern or the Asian exchanges definitely suffice for that. Coinbase, I feel like it's more for the U.S. markets because, unfortunately, we're we're a bit slow in that area. So if you give us a small amount to work with, let's say five tokens, I believe it is right now, um, it's more manageable and it's you know, it's it's less risky as well. Yeah, I would definitely say the Asian exchanges or the Asian centralized exchanges do have one up on us for sure. And so from what you know about the exchanges, are they prone to regulations? No, absolutely. So especially the ones in the U.S., right, or the ones that operate in the U.S., they would have to have, um, they have to be compliant to MSB laws. Um, and also this is on the state level as well as the federal level. And so with that, there's a lot of hurdles for centralized exchanges out here um, in terms of being prone to regulations. And that's why you see, um, let's say, leaders in the space like Binance doing what they have to do, creating a Binance Global, uh, a Binance US, um, creating a decentralized exchange, which is something we'll talk a little bit about down the line. But uh, as a leader in the space, Binance is definitely doing what's needed to be in the space and be a leader in the space for the next coming years, for sure. And there was a period of time where Binance was not uh, accepted in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and so do you know what uh, the changes are with that exchange right now? I believe the beta is actually out now um, for at least the U.S. Uh, markets. And I think that's for iOS. I think I just checked that out on Cointelegraph. It's a great news source. Uh, but I feel the main difference is in the diversification of the tokens, right? So there's there's not much structure around what is considered a security token and a utility token, but they do know for a fact that Bitcoin and Ethereum are not security tokens, right? And, you know, there's some tokens that fall in that in that bracket, and those very few tokens are, let's say, what's on the Coinbase um, exchange, right? And the rest, it's a bit more, um, it's, harder to, it's harder to say, at least for now, and so they build out their tokenization models and they really show that there's real utility behind the utility tokens that they, that each project, you know, claims. So um, I would say the Binance US would be focused on fewer amount of tokens that are more compliant to US investors. Okay. And, and so uh, that's getting ready to be released then the Binance exchange in the US. So right now it's uh, acceptable in, in all other countries, most other countries. Um, and do you happen to know, uh, let's say in the Asian markets, what's the number one uh, number one cryptocurrency exchange? Um, I would say number one over there in the Asian markets, I would have to say between Huobi and OKX. And OKX, okay. Um, right, Binance is started off in Asia, but right now it's a multi entity, right? So it's hard to it's hard to say. It's okay. It's in a whole different space right now. But um, in terms of the Asian um, exchanges, definitely Huobi and OKX. And this is, you know, when it comes down to the type of projects that they have on board and also liquidity factors. And when it comes into that, it gets really tricky. So let's not. 
Can you explain uh, the liquidity factor with an exchange? Yes. So liquidity, liquidity has to do with a lot of different um, factors, whether it's coming from the projects or coming from other um, sources. And so liquidity is a big thing for exchanges and a big thing for users to look into when they're choosing an exchange to get on, mainly because you don't want to make a huge jump when you're trying to buy a decent amount of, let's say, Bitcoin. Um, unfortunately, with the lower liquidity exchanges, it's hard to find Bitcoin or Ethereum or some of the top coins at a decent price um, and buying them in bulk, right? So let's say bulk would be three Bitcoin. It, there will be a, a significant price jump if there's low liquidity on an exchange. So you'd be buying you know, each portion of your Bitcoin at different prices, usually higher and higher and higher as it goes. So the more liquidity, the tighter the prices are, and you'll get your Bitcoin for what you want for hopefully market price at the point. Yeah. So let's um, uh, let's go into just a quick example. So let's say I want to buy one Bitcoin, and right now, what does it cost? Seventy three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll just round it to ten thousand. Make it easy. How's that? <laughs> so I'm buying one Bitcoin, and uh, I want to open a, an account at uh, an exchange account. So will I be able to, uh, once I deposit that money in the, in the exchange account, will that immediately be converted into Bitcoin or is there a period of time to wait? So are you saying from your bank account to an exchange yeah. account? Or, okay. Yeah. So some, some projects or sorry, sorry, some exchanges, they have a very cool setup where shared party providers, fiat, Fiat um, on and off ramps, like Paxful, um, Simplex, they have partnerships with these with these um, with these on and off ramps, where it makes it very very easy to buy Bitcoin from your account, from whether it's a credit card or a checking account, right? and that usually takes about a day with certain exchanges. So you can find pretty fast liquidity from Fiat to crypto in the top exchanges, right? So Coinbase. Binance, um, these type of exchanges do have these um, really cool, fast liquidity options coming straight from fiat to crypto and crypto crypto to fiat. Okay, so on the buy, it could be within a day. Yeah, Um, for sure. What what about on the sell? So I have a Coinbase account and I have one Bitcoin and I want to sell that Bitcoin uh, and and have it transferred back into my bank account. How How long does that take? Usually, I mean, I've done it before. Um, it usually takes around three days. So okay. there's definitely still a lag, um, but I'm pretty sure throughout time and with different partnerships coming up, they could definitely solve that issue. Yeah. Make we're, it a one day. Yeah. 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 We're at the very beginning here. So it's, uh, it's all new. Uh, so can you tell us the main difference? This is probably the most important question uh, of our interview. The main difference between a decentralized exchange and a centralized exchange. Okay. So, so the main difference is, right, it's liquidity and security. Let's just say that, right? Liquidity, centralized exchanges have it in the back, right? And that's because you have one wallet, that's a centralized wallet, that everybody... Um, buys and sells from, and let's say on your wallet, um, on let's say Binance, 
on your wallet, it'll show the credit of each crypto that you have on your wallet, right? Not the actual crypto, because the actual crypto is on the main, the centralized um, exchange wallet, right? So a lot of people don't understand that. When they see their tokens, let's say in their wallets, that's actually a credit of what they, what they have, right? So on the opposite side, decentralized exchanges, they don't have the same liquidity because it's coming from the ground up, from P to P, like, you know, from me to you, and there's no liquidity provider in the middle, right? Um, so it's a bit, it's a slower process, which is I, which is why I believe Binance is targeting this this problem like in the middle of the year this year, right? So that's how you can tell that they know the decentralized exchange wave is the next wave coming up. So they want to make sure that they have their flag in the ground, let's say. Um, so that's what's going on on the decentralized realm, right? So less liquidity but everybody owns their own keys. So this is very important, right? So let's say I have a Bitcoin and you have a Bitcoin and 10,000 other people have one Bitcoin. If everybody has that one Bitcoin into a centralized wallet, that makes more of an incentive for hackers to hack that wallet, right? But if right. we all have one Bitcoin, it's a, a hacker is not gonna hack to 10,000 wallets, right? To get that same equivalent of Bitcoin. So that's right. what we what people really need to wrap their heads around when it comes down to DeFi and having your own, having your own responsibility of your own assets, which is, it's a learning curve. Don't get me wrong. Cause we're used to having intermediaries where it's just like, damn, I messed up. You know, can you help me out and, you know, reverse that transaction or um, there's none of that. Right. So yeah. it's, it's definitely going to be a learning curve, but there's, there's good in both. And that's why I feel a hybrid model is the best model because it takes the best of both worlds, right? It utilizes the um, the attributes of a centralized exchange in terms of you could hook up a liquidity provider in a hybrid model, but everybody still has assets, um, well, access to their own um, digital assets. And only these individuals who have these wallets have access to these assets, right? So I see hybrid models and wallets being the wave of the future. And that's something we talked about before. Right, right. And so right now, uh, if I was to open up a Coinbase account, Mm -hmm. that's a centralized exchange. And then if I download the app, the Coinbase app on my phone or the wallet on my phone, then Mm -hmm. I would be able to see my account as the same as I would as if I logged in to my account online. Same as E-Trade, basically. Well, right, exactly. And it, yep. like I said, it's credit, right? It's just showing what you what you have in the centralized wallet. Okay, and then so for me to make it decentralized, uh, I would take it off the app onto a hardware wallet. Is that right? Absolutely. That's definitely one way, right? So having your own wallet that's separate from an exchange wallet is like the first step, right? So okay. let's say you're more of a hodler or a holder and an investor, which is more where I'm at, right? I'm, I'm not a trader every day, but I do invest in tokens at good prices, right? Buy the dip. So when you do that, you buy from the exchanges, or let's say in my case, right? I'm not right. trying to show anybody, but this is what I use. I use a wallet called Engine. And Engine simply allows me to store my coins there and when I want to trade my Bitcoin for something else and maybe 
let's say Ethereum, um, I can trade it using um, token swaps, right? And token swaps is different from exchanges, but what they essentially do is they'll, they'll, they'll exchange it for a certain price, click, I'll verify the price. Sometimes I go back to CoinMarketCap, check what's the price and see how, how much you're really trying to get me for. And most of the time it's really good. Um, so do that really fast and make the transaction happen. Now, I don't necessarily need an exchange to do that because I'm an investor. I, you know, the, the amount of trades that I make within a day or month is very few compared to traders, daily traders or monthly traders. So, you know, it really depends on what your, what's your whole idea, right? My, my mom and my, and my father, they have a ledger that I bought them. And so I, okay. I store, you know, Bitcoin, Litecoin, whatever on their ledger so they could just keep and just huddle because I know they're not going to do anything with that, you know, at least for the next five years. Um, and so when you say ledger, you mean a, a hardware wallet? It's called the Ledger X, yes. It's a hardware wallet. Sorry, okay. I'm, I'm name dropping it and I probably shouldn't. But. No, that's all right. So that's what we're doing is providing the education so that people will be able to do this. Uh, right. right now, we're at the very beginning. So it, sound, it might sound a little, uh, there's a lot of terms involved with the new technology. Right. And if there's anything that you would like me to, you know, talk more on, just let me know. Like if I said a word and maybe most people wouldn't, like when I said show, when I say show, I usually showing is, you know, trying to hype a project up. And that's what most of the space is about because it's a speculative market, right? So it's one of those things where I have to be very, you know, um, aware of what I'm saying to different people. But right now, it's more of the pure utility and having us, become better investors and, you know, setting us up for this financial technology that is so amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. So um, then that brings the question about the cold storage wallet or a hardware wallet. Can you explain um, the relation to those with a decentralized or centralized exchange? Because they go together, the exchange and the wallet go Mm -hmm. together. Um, so could you explain the difference, uh, the type of wallet that makes it decentralized? So how a decentralized exchange works is you will have a hardware wallet or just, let's say, a separate wallet that's, um, let's just say hardware wallet just to be, yeah, just to be safe, right? You have a hardware wallet and you hook up the hardware wallet to the exchange using your public keys, right? Private keys, I believe. And once you do that, then you're able to trade whatever you have on your wallet into the decentralized exchange, right? And then once you do whatever you needed to do in the exchange and you've got the tokens that you wanted, you put it back into your hardware wallet, you disconnect it from the hybrid exchange, and now it's offline, super secure, super duper secure. Now, the only thing about hardware wallets is they're not, it's not, very easy to use. I can't really send you anything super fast as if I had, let's say a mobile wallet. Um, and so there's, you know, there's give and takes in terms of security and um, transaction, being able to transact it whenever you want to transact that, right? So right now, um, if, if you are looking to learn more about this stuff, there's definitely um, talks that we could have on me showing you exactly how you know a hybrid model would look like um for for a user and just the most secure 
and the most efficient hybrid model that we could possibly go from. Working for an exchange, I'm starting to understand the in and outs of what people want and how the industry is created. And what I'm starting to understand is one thing which is quite important. And it, and it kind of goes into, you know, what I want to tell listeners going forward, right? What I want to encourage you guys. So I guess I could dive right into that. And my big thing is, okay, so I wrote this down. So I encourage listeners to dive more into the technology and work from there um, as how it's cre- how it creates innovation in their respective industries, right? So if it's finance, then I encourage you know, listeners to look into the blockchain projects that have DEPA or decentralized finance solutions, um, other than focusing on companies that are using blockchain technology to build on centralized models, right? Because right. it's, it's not meant for that. Um, so also, a, a big thing, if you're not into DeFi or finance and you're just wanting to get into the industry, I would say this, um, be ready to participate in markets that you've never, never thought of before. And this is something that's cool as hell. Like, think about it. There's markets in there or out there that we haven't really been able to tap into only because, you know, there's no token or anything that's representing them or, we, or an exchange where we can start exchanging these, right? So once you understand that there's going to be markets that are going to, new markets that are come out, going to come out that people can just utilize um, and, and take advantage of, then you could see every possible opportunity that's going to come from this financial technology. Quick example, very quick example. Um, StockX, right? StockX is doing this huge thing where it's bringing the shoe commodity market and the, the um, how do you say, like the Supremes and the premium clothing um markets out into the game right so we're, we're starting to see shoes a little bit different um we're starting to see um how these markets are starting to develop now what techno- what crypto and what blockchain does let's say you'll take a shoe um you'll tokenize it right so each shoe let's say would be worth a thousand tokens and instead of buying the whole shoe in order to resell it in the future i can buy the tokens that represent the shoe or half the tokens that represent the shoe because I don't, I can't afford the whole shoe. But I know it's going to go up 10x because of X, Y, and Z, right? Mm. And this is people who are in the sneaker market who can now utilize the sneaker market. And there's no more like, well, that's not fair. I don't know much about that market. I can't utilize it. Now everybody, now I'm just opening it up, right? That's just the sneaker market. There's right. so many markets that this is going to start creating that everybody could get involved with. And it's really exciting. And, and help me understand why would I only want to own part of a shoe? <laughs> so let's say, well, that's the thing, right? It allows you to own part of a shoe, right? It allows you to have a whole portfolio. Because before it was like, all right, I have to buy the whole shoe. I have to own it. It's a deliverable. And then I have to send it out to somebody at the right price, you know? Um, and it just stops all of that, right? So yeah, you can. You can you can technically buy tenfold of the shoes without having a deliverable, right? I see. You can buy buy ten thousand tokens, or you could buy five hundred tokens in these. But let's say it's a whole collection that came out, right? Um, I'm not sure if you're if you guys are into this stuff, but 
there's collections that come out um, with different type of shoes, but it's like the same category. So let's say I want to get into the whole, you know, set that came out for September or for New Year's or, okay. you know. Like Nike. Have, like Nike. Yeah. I don't have to buy the shoe. I could buy half of these shoes, half of these shoes, you know, half of this. And they, they're all going to go up 10X or 5X or whatever. And then I'll, I'll, I'll sell them out. And maybe what I want to do is I could buy a whole pair of shoes, right? With um, the tokens. You, With the tokens you, you that were tokens. created. Exactly. And then deliver it, right? Because I know there's exchanges that if you do have the full amount of tokens, they will deliver you the shoe if you actually wanted to buy. So now you can invest your way up in the sneaker market until you buy the sneakers that you want. I see. And so I like to think of it in terms of real estate. So now yeah. I can buy part of a property with a token. Exactly. So exactly. this is an example of a future tokenized economy. Absolutely. Alternative assets are definitely going to be up. Yeah. Yeah. There's Great. Be, yeah, yeah. It, it does take a mindset shift, though, to understand <laughs> fractionalized ownership. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I like to think of it also like a timeshare almost. <laughs> well, I get to use it as much as I pay for it, right? So what do you see uh, going forward, Mark, as the future of money? So definitely DeFi solutions, right? So having it where everybody, you know, has access to their to their own to their own assets. They don't have to worry about any intermediary and business is going to be done from business to person or from person to person. Right. Right. No intermediaries. So that's where I see. And if you're interested in learning more about that, um, like learning about hybrid exchange models, DeFi solutions and upcoming projects here in New York or in Arizona, I encourage you to connect and hopefully I'll have a nice little QR code right here where you can oh. link on LinkedIn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's such a great feature that LinkedIn has is the QR code to yes. connect with people. Uh, so um, also, what do you think, in your opinion, how our listeners can thrive in the new financial technology? What okay. advice would you give our listeners? So, yeah, so recapping, right? So I feel like I, I jumped into that a little early. So I encourage listeners to get into the technology side. Once they understand the technology, then they could understand the innovation that the technology can provide in DeFi solutions, right? If it's, if it's energy, learn how energy can be distributed in a DeFi way if, uh, and anything, um, supply chain management, everything, right? So it's really more about taking it from the technology side. And from then on, then I feel like it's no more about how to have blockchain help my centralized organization or you know or or how, how would it help uh, the big tech companies that that are you know in the space now and mm -hmm. you know now do i want to invest in the big tech companies because they're using blockchain or do i want to get into a, a project that's completely changing the game and utilizing blockchain for what it is and to its full extent that's i think that's one of the biggest things that i want to have listeners take away from this and also knowing that um, take advantage of um, take advantage of understanding different markets that you can participate in that you otherwise wouldn't be able to before. 
Excellent. Excellent. And so you mentioned, and just want to clear up, uh, you mentioned the word DeFi a few times and recommended that people get involved in DeFi. Could you just say what that is? So decentralized finance, right? Okay. We talked about it a little bit. Yep. Okay. So, you know, in technology, we have an acronym for everything. So I want to make sure (laughs) that we discuss that. Honestly, it's very interesting, but you know, you're starting to understand it's um, when I, when I first got into finance, that was my thing, right? I had to like learn all these acronyms and it's only because everybody spoke in acronyms. I'm like, could you at least say it out for me? But um, I'm starting (laughs) to understand now, you know, it's becoming a two-way thing. Now, right. finance are like, wait, so what's that? What's well, that it's just like the word email. When it first came out, people went, email, what's that? <laughs> Internet, what's that? <laughs> Send me a electronic mail. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I thank you so much for your time, Mark. And uh, you've been uh, a wealth of knowledge for <laughs> us in it. regards to understanding the difference between uh, centralized and decentralized exchanges. And uh, so as far as our listeners go, we're going to provide Mark's information if you have any questions. And uh, Feel free to contact me, anybody. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time and joining us today. And uh, to all you listeners, thank you for joining in on the Innovative Economy. And uh, have a great day. Thank you, guys.